0: Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch London. For more information and resources, please go to ChristchurchLondon.org. How about that? Um, so I'm here to bless you this morning with a nice short sermon. It's going to be about 20 to 25 minutes, so not long to hold on until you can get back out. In the sunshine. I just want to thank Jamie for leading worship this morning, got us all going. Um, I don't know if you know this, but um, I bust Jamie's hand up on Friday by throwing something in really hard, and he's been unable to even hold a glass in his hand for a couple of days, but um, seemed to do fine this morning, so (laughs) for a lot of pain, thank you, Jamie. Um, There was no no retaliation on his part, so I'm I'm in good health. Um, So, what are we all doing here? Um, Over the world, there are 2 billion. Well, people reckon about two billion Christians. That's one in three people roughly on earth call themselves Christians. The world over, every week, Christians meet on a Sunday for some reason. They meet on a Sunday, and in particular this Sunday, to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of something that happened at the end of Jesus' life after he died, a small band of Middle Eastern fishermen became two billion people, 2,000 years later. We gather today, to celebrate the resurrection, because Jesus is alive. He's risen. Not only did Jesus come back to life, but he still lives today. He is still alive. And he wants to, wherever we're at, whoever we are this morning, he wants to affect our present here today. So before I get into uh, the scriptures here, I'm just going to give you a bit of uh, background Um, what's been happening before this story picks up. So uh, Jesus had completed his ministry on earth. He'd spent roughly three years with his team of 12 disciples uh, touring around the Middle East. He'd been performing miracles. He'd been opening the scriptures to them. He'd been teaching them about who he was, about the fact that he was God. He'd come to set up his new kingdom on earth. Um, Most of Uh, The Gospels cover this story of Jesus' ministry before they get into the end when he is crucified. What happens is one of his disciples betrays him, which he predicts. He says, one amongst me is going to betray me. That's Judas. Judas goes off and betrays Jesus' location to the authorities. He's arrested by the Romans. He's given a show trial. The people, the religious rulers of the time, the Jews, call for him to be crucified. They want him to be killed Um, He's then taken away to be crucified, he's tortured, he's flogged, the skin is literally torn off his back, nails are driven into his wrists, into his feet, he's killed, he dies on the cross, a spear is driven up under his ribcage, into his heart, just to make sure he's definitely dead, and then he's left. His disciples flee, they disappear, these men that were following him around run away. We're going to pick up in Luke 23... Starting in verse 55. The women who'd come with him from Galilee, and just before I get into this, um, the the hymn in here is a guy called Joseph of Arimathea. He's a guy that goes to the Roman authorities and asks for Jesus' body. He takes Jesus' body down off the cross, wraps him in linen, and places him in his own tomb. So he already has a tomb set up. He's a wealthy man. Only wealthy people could afford these things. And he buries Jesus, and a stone is rolled in front of the tomb entrance. So these women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living from among the dead? So it's Sunday morning, just like it is now. Jesus had been dead and in the grave for three days. Imagine how these women were feeling at this time. We've all been in that room, right? When someone you love, your friend, someone you, uh, you trusted, you loved had died. A couple of days later, that grief is still very real. These women were doing their cultural equivalent of coming to lay flowers at the grave. The oils and spices were part of the burial ritual in those times. So they come to mourn, they come to grieve, but they find that the stone had been rolled away, and they enter the tomb. And they see that Jesus' body isn't there. And it says that they were perplexed about this. They were confused. Wouldn't you be? Where would your mind go at that point? Most of us would probably think the body's been taken. Someone stole the body. But before they can go down that road, these two men in dazzling apparel. I tried to get a picture of two men in dazzling apparel, but when you Google that, <laughs> that that's what comes up. So it's pretty unhelpful. So um, these men in dazzling apparel were angels. Not these men. were not angels. They're rappers. These men were angels in dazzling apparel. So back back to the verse. And these men say to the women, why do you seek the living from among the dead? In other words, what are they saying? Jesus is alive. This account tells tells us that the women were then at that point frightened. Wouldn't you be? Not just by the fact that Jay-Z had just shown up, but (laughs) that Jesus is alive. People don't come back to life. I don't know how good your medical knowledge is, but an acre, people don't come back to life randomly, do they? Especially after having a spear driven up through their ribcage and into their heart. And the angels continue in uh, verse 6. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. So the angels start explaining that Jesus had been talking about this all along. The women remember this. They remember Jesus saying that this was going to happen. And they realized that the man that they had hoped in was exactly who he said he was. This was proof that Jesus was who he said he was all along. Coming back to life is a pretty good sign that you are who you say you are. At this point, the disciples were themselves grieving and frightened. These women show up. Uh, culturally, back in those days, if I had committed a crime and a wit- woman was the only witness, um, I'd never be able to go to trial because a woman was not considered a valid um, witness in court. So what's happening here is they show up to the disciples and they're telling a story that, let's be honest with ourselves, sounds pretty far-fetched anyway. And they just call it, this is just idle chatter. And they don't believe them. Would you have believed them, regardless of the culture? Would you have believed that Jesus had come back to life? There's a mixture of feelings here. You can see disbelief. You can see doubt. You can see curiosity. You can see celebration. What would you have done if you were the women? Would you have run around telling everybody what had happened? Would you have been afraid that no one would believe you? Would you have been like Peter and you would have ran to the tomb? It says here that he ran. Can you hear the urgency in his steps? the desperate desire to find out that Jesus was really alive. So then in the account, what happens is uh, Jesus then appears to some of his other followers walking down a road to a town. Uh, We're going to pick it up here in verse 28. At the moment, he's with um, these followers, and they don't know it's him. So the Bible tells us that their eyes were shielded from finding out it was him. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards the, towards the evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and then he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened up the Scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven. At this point, Judas is no longer with them. They found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So Jesus is with these other followers. He sits down, eats at the table with them, and then in an instant reveals his nature. Kind of like the, the classic film, Hood Going Back moment. And they're startled and amazed that Jesus is really alive. And then in a moment, vanishes. Not only he has the ability to conquer death and come back to life, he can also disapparate now at will. (laughs) So these followers then go and find the 11 as quickly as they can and say, look, we've now seen him. Jesus is definitely alive. Here in this verse where they say, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us and opened up the scriptures? Jesus is with them and pointing to them, to the Old Testament, their holy book, and explaining how the scriptures and all of the Bible was pointing to him. It was pointing to this moment where he'd be crucified and come back to life. One of the passages he would have been using probably is in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. I'm just going to read it, but I don't think I have it up uh, behind me. Um, But he would probably be reading scripture like this. This was written 800 years before these events. And they made his grave with the wicked. Guys, remember, I was crucified with a criminal to my left and to my right. And with a rich man in his death. Guys, do you remember, my friend Joseph Varimathia buried me in his tomb. He's a rich man. I was buried in a rich man's tomb. Although he had done no violence. Guys, have you ever seen me commit any violence? And there was no deceit in his mouth. Guys, have I ever lied to you, even about coming back to life? Yet it was the the will of the Lord to crush him and put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. Guys, I'm alive. My eyes work. I can see you. And he'll go on like that. And there are scriptures all over the Old Testament which talk about the events of Jesus' life. Hear them say, didn't our hearts burn within us? Has everyone ever experienced that? Your heart burning within you? How desperately they wanted to believe that those scriptures were true. But then Jesus reveals himself. And says, hey, it is because I'm alive. So these followers have gone and found the 11 um, who at this point uh, were grieving as well. At this point, they still didn't believe that Jesus was alive. And as they were talking about this, um, these things, Jesus stood among them. And he said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why did doubts arise in your hearts? See, my hands, that it's myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Going on to verse 44. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem and you are witnesses to these things. So the disciples are gathered together and then Jesus reappears amongst them and he scares the living daylights out of them. They think he's a ghost, wouldn't you? They're not expecting, he is literally the last person they'd be expecting to walk around, considering they watched him die. So he walks amongst them and just says, peace to you. What an entrance. We all enter rooms in different ways, right, depending on what we like. Some people walk into a room and go, here I am. Other people walk into a room and go, there you are. Some people walk into a room quite silently. But Jesus walks in and goes, peace to you. And he asks them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? What a question. Why wouldn't you be troubled? This is quite a troubling situation, but it's a wonderful situation. And he asks them, Why did you doubt? And then he can they can touch him. He says, See my hands, see my feet, see the scars, feel the scars. Look at my feet. Look at the hole in my side. But he lives. They can physically touch him. He is alive and real and not a ghost. Can you see the doubt here in the disciples? The amazement, the fear, and the revelation from the scriptures. It says Jesus kind of reveals to them the truth of the scriptures. This couldn't be more amazing for the disciples. It couldn't be more amazing for us. This is an even bigger moment when Marty McFly finds that the Doc is alive and living at the Old West. This is even bigger when, than when they find Spock on the planet Genesis in the Wrath of Khan. This is bigger than when they find that Gandalf had been reborn in the forest of Fangorn. This is bigger than when Harry Potter comes back to life in that abomination of a film, <laughs> Harry Potter 7, Part 2. And it's even bigger than when Obi-Wan Kenobi comes back as a force ghost in the Empire Strikes Back. You know why it's bigger than these things? Because it's real, this actually happened. It's not fantasy, it's not a film, it's not a made-up story, it's not a metaphor about being knocked down and having the strength to get back up again. This actually happened 2,000 years ago. Think about that for a second. This is real. I wonder if the band could come back up, please. So let's just be clear for a moment what we're talking about on, on Easter Sunday. Jesus was, like you and me, a real, literal, physical person. You won't find many people who doubt it. You won't find many scholars who doubt the existence of Jesus. There was an article, actually, uh, I think Steve shared with me on Friday um, about how there's even the most heavy atheist scholars in the world wouldn't even deny the existence. There's just so much historical evidence for the existence of Jesus. He was a real person. He really lived, and like you and me, he, we will really die, and he really died. He was flesh and blood. But more importantly, we literally and physically believe that Jesus came back to life. It's not a metaphor. It's not made up. He has the power to conquer the grave. If you can raise yourself up from the grave and beat death, you can do pretty much anything you want, including creating the universe. The book of Colossians tells us that the universe was created through him and for him. Jesus created the universe. It was created through him and it's for him. The stars in the sky were created for him. But what interests me most about this last part of the story is Jesus' first words to his disciples, the the men he spent years with traveling around. He loved them. They were his best friends. But they'd abandoned him. They'd run away. Peter had denied him. There was a moment after he'd been handed over to the authorities. Peter said, I will never deny you. And then he's handed over to the authorities. And he's been kept in jail. And um, he's sitting out there with a few other Um, of the disciples outside the jail around a fire and a small servant girl comes over to him and goes, I've I've seen you with that guy. You know him, don't you? You know that Jesus. And he said, nope, nothing to do with me. Then another guy comes past and does a double take and go, you're one of his followers as well, aren't you? Nope, wasn't me. Nothing to do with with me. And then another guy and the same thing happens. Jesus' best friend denies him, gives him up. The rest of the disciples, after Jesus is crucified, they run away, they disappear, they're frightened, they didn't believe him. There's all kinds of stories of, uh, in Jesus' ministry, where the disciples um, do really strange things that uh, demonstrate that they didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about this whole time. Because they hadn't experienced this resurrection. That was an opportunity for perhaps Jesus to walk into the room and go, I told you this would happen. I told you so. Why didn't you believe me? Peter, why did, you, why did you give me up? But what does he say to them? Peace to you. Peace to you. Instead of rebuking them, yelling at them, he says, Peace. Are you listening to Jesus this morning? Peace to you. Are you angry? Are you scared? Are you doubtful? Are you filled with doubt this morning about Jesus? Peace to you. Are you feeling guilt and shame like the disciples would have been that morning? Are you feeling shame this morning? Peace to you. Let it go. Where are the dark and the broken areas of your life? Where are you hiding? Peace to you. We have in the story... The words and the picture of the gospel of the grace that God has, has, God's heart towards us. He knows our weaknesses and that we're just dust. Yet he joyfully welcomes us into his family as his children. Peace to you this morning. Why don't we stand together? So this is what this weekend is all about. We're celebrating here that Jesus is alive. He rose from the grave. He rescued us from our brokenness and our shame. For his loving sacrifice on the cross, he took upon himself all the brokenness and wrongdoing in your life, and he put it to death. And three days later, he came back to life so we too can live resurrected lives with him in freedom. Peace to you this morning. If you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus and you don't know him, we're going to give an opportunity today for you to respond to that um, and take a step towards him. And As Jamie plays and the band plays this morning, let's just focus in our hearts about where is it that we are feeling shame? Where are we hiding from God? And let's experience the forgiveness and the love and the grace and the peace of God. He is risen. thank you for listening for more information or for further podcasts and downloads please visit christchurchlondon.org